everybody. We are GFBS. We're Grand Fork's best source, and we're talking hockey today with Jeff Panzer. show is brought to you by Raptor PCS right here in the Grand Cities Mall. The very best place in Grand Forks to take your computer, no doubt about it. Full range of computer services at very affordable rates. In fact, I've got a laptop over there right now. They do it all. Computer builds, virus removal, hardware repairs. Looking for a new laptop? Check out Raptor PCS. Most cases, you'll have that thing back the following day if they're going to work on it. They'll even come to your house, pick your computer up, or you can stop by the loading zone right in front of Rumors. These guys win the top-rated local business award like every year, back to back to back to back. Bring your computer in. You mentioned this app. They'll give you 15% off any computer service. We use Raptor PCS all the time here at the studios because, well, like I said, it's the best place to take your computer. Check them out, raptorpcs.com, or call 701-772-7626. Raptor PCS right here in the Grand Cities Mall. If you have any questions... For Mr. Panzer, our phone number, 701-213-0863. Feel free to call or text. Again, 701-213-0863. All right, before we get too much further, time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. And uh, this is a hockey joke, and it's about a team I actually like. But um, you know what? you got to face the truth. Uh, what's the difference between frequent flyer miles and the Minnesota Wild? What is the difference between frequent flyer miles and the Minnesota Wild? Uh, frequent flyer miles earn points. <laughs> and it pains me to say that because I am a Minnesota Wild fan. Uh, Jeff Panzer, how are you? I'm doing very good. Thank you for coming in today. Uh, it's kind of short notice, but uh, we had talked about this a few times uh, over the last few weeks, and I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm getting an itch for hockey. See all this basketball crap on TV, and it's like, eh, it's time to talk hockey. But tell us a little bit about yourself now, Jeff Panzer, uh, in today's world. Yeah, so back living in Grand Forks, um, assistant manager at Northwest Tire, um, trying to be a husband, trying to be a father. Got two boys that keep me plenty busy. With uh, I got my youngest who uh, is a uh, he's a he's a cat fisherman. Oh, and a golfer. Okay. So between the river and the golf course, he's pretty busy. Mm-hmm. He needs to get from point A to point B. Okay. In twelve, he doesn't really have a lot of. And everything yep. he does, he can't ride his bike. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Too much he, I mean, stuff he, to schlep well, around. He yeah. could. I mean, he could, but uh, tackle boxes and stuff. So busy with that and uh, just working. And uh, like I said, those boys keep me plenty busy. Oh, I bet. Um, if you guys ever get a chance, I'll take you and him out catfishing if you want. Yeah, right. I got I got some pictures here to show you. He's been uh, he's been laying a lot down here the last couple of days. On the oh, river. really? Oh, he's got a big one. So I think the one 37 inch. Wow. I um I might be you might to, need that I one. Might, I might need his help. <laughs> you might need that one. Because <laughs> uh, I was getting to the point now, I was thinking about selling my boat and buying a go-kart and going go-kart racing on Wednesday nights because I'm not doing very good in the league, that's for sure. Um, we go back in time now. Uh, tell us about your life growing up. Uh, I would imagine uh, you and your brother, typical brothers growing up, but um, how were sports for you when you were a kid? Were you one of those guys that was like you had to play every single sport you could until you finally figured it out or not? No. Um, growing up, it was uh, it was hockey in the winter, and it was tennis in the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. Mm-hmm. That's all we did. I um, uh, lived right in Riverside Park. So really convenient living over in that area. Mm-hmm. You had the tennis courts across the street, and then you know down the dike, you had uh, the hockey arena in the winter. So we spent a lot of time outside. I mean, it was go to school, 
come home and you'd either be, like I said, either in, in the summers, we'd spend all the time on the tennis courts and stuff like that and down by the river fishing. And then come wintertime, it was come home from school at three o'clock. You'd grab your skates. If the roads weren't cleaned yet, you'd probably skate down mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to the park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if not, you'd have yep. to carry them uh, and uh, spend uh, many, many hours down there. I mean, I remember there's an article in the paper of, uh, you know, it gets too cold so the warming houses aren't open. And mm-hmm. there, there's a nice article in the Herald did a really nice story of my dad sitting in the Suburban. So we'd be able to go at set, you'd get, skate for the 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then you'd jump back in the Suburban and warm up for 15 minutes and, yep. and do it again. You know, it's funny when we were kids because I was the same way. Um, they would actually kick us out at, at the school I went to. We had a rink there, the the grade school. And they would kick us out because it'd be time to close. But the, the guy that was in charge of the warming house would be, well, you know where the light switch is. So as soon as he'd leave, we'd pop the lights back on at the rink. Okay. We didn't have a warming house. But then usually by about 10 o'clock, that's when the police would show up and say, hey, you guys, you it's, know what time it is. It's time for you to shut her down and go home. And we did. But it didn't matter if it was 80 below zero with a wind chill. You'd still go out there and skate until you couldn't feel your toes, and you go in, you pull the skates off, and you ball like a little baby for oh, about yeah. oh, 10 yeah. minutes because they burn so bad. But then you put them back on, you lace them up, and you're right back out there again. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom, back in the day, I got grounded, and the only place I could go was the rink. Yeah, oh, well, then, well, then everybody would come down and meet you down there anyway. Sure. So there's not being grounded. Yeah, it yeah. You know, you wouldn't get sent to your room. You can go, well, you can go to your room, but uh, you can go to the rink too. Well, I guess where I ended up spending a lot of my time at the rink. Right, not, right. Not, you know, not being the, the, the greatest young young, yeah. young person at a the time. A handful? Yeah, I was a little bit uh, uh, unruly at times. Un, un, unruly at times. At times. Did, uh, growing up where you did, did, did your house survive the flood of 97? Um, yes, we did. Um, right, to the, right to the main floor. We didn't get main floor damage. But, uh, you know, that was a... Uh, it was a humbling experience you mm-hmm. know, to, to wonder if you're going to come back to a house and the memories that you have in the house growing up um, as, as a hockey kid, I guess, because that's all you kind of knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, we were fortunate enough that the house did. My mom actually still, she's still there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I know uh, Paul, the producer, they grew up uh, right down there. In fact, uh, they were the last house facing north. So you'd be looking at the swimming pool. From their front yard. Okay. And uh, I know uh, I can still remember uh, not only the damage to my house, but I remember being over there and helping them in their house and, and, the, and the sadness and, and basically saying goodbye to almost everything you own because, uh, well, their house is no longer there. But uh, uh, it's a good thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, Grand Forks has come a long way since then. Well, I mean, just what they've done with the, the neighborhoods that have made it through it. If you look down... Um, uh, Riverside, obviously, with the the new dike system and, and Riverside Pool. I mean, what a what a place. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they made it through and they're still there, and uh, you know, people coming from all over town to go swim down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday when the uh, National Guard came and almost physically had to remove us. Mm-hmm. We we weren't leaving. Right, right. <laughs> just because you never knew, you didn't know what you mm-hmm. were going to come back to. Yeah. So um, I remember that. And, uh, you know, Alpha Street uh, on the end there. And that's, you know, it's now it's, there's no houses and, mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, the things like that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, a very fortunate to grow up in a, in a great neighborhood. And, and it's still a great neighborhood. Um, a lot of the guys that I grew up with, they bought houses down yeah. there now. And they're still down there. 
Yeah, it's a bunch amazing. Of spicers down there still. Oh yeah, the spicers are gonna. Yeah, they're down there, and and it's amazing because the town keeps growing to the south. Yep. But that old school neighborhood with establishment and the full grown trees and just the atmosphere of that part of town. It's funny because uh, most of those houses are fairly old. Oh, I mean, as as far as you consider, 70s, you know, yeah, and, and um, maybe older, but. People are flocking down there. They want, I mean, yeah, you look at these new $500,000 houses that are going up. They got no yard. They got no nothing. They have no trees. You get on there, it's like heaven. It's, it's you know, to me, I, I, me and my wife talk about it. And uh, when you go down in those old neighborhoods like that, it's a, there's a serenity behind it. You know, it just mm-hmm. it feels safe. It feels uh, comfortable. And I think that's what people are looking for. With as much uh, craziness as we have in the world right now and in, and in everything that we're doing in life in general, just to be able to go back and, and, and find that peaceful place that you can, uh, you know, feel safe mm-hmm. and, and feel comfortable. Sure. It's hard to do. It is. I it mean, is. We're, we're, we live in such a chaotic world, and I'm the same way. I mean, my life is chaotic right now mm-hmm. just because that's how we've become. Yeah. Chaotic, busy, and... Um, uh, yeah, to just go sit there on my mom's deck now and, and relax and, and, and feel that, like I said, that peacefulness and just, uh, it, it's awesome. Uh, you look down and, uh, you know, 13 and chestnut and those areas down there that just got wiped out yeah. and they've all rebuilt mm-hmm. and, and very nice places. And then you kind of feel the same way down there. Yeah. So and, it's kind of neat. And now if, uh, Fargo could ever figure out what the heck they're doing, I wow. mean, they've been dealing with this since 1997 and they still don't have it figured out. No, they just don't want to change. Uh, no. they just, they're, they're going to do it their way and they're going to beat to their own drum. And, um, I'll just tell you, I mean, from us that have gone through it, when you get a plan together and, and, and implement that plan, things seem, seem like it, uh, everything kind of changes for the better. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to fast forward a little bit. High school. Uh, Grand Fork Central, I'm guessing. Grand Fork Central, um, yep, uh, my sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. And then senior and, or junior, or no, senior year, uh, off to the USHL? Off to, yep, uh, went down to play for Steve Johnson, uh, another mm-hmm. Grand, Grand Fork's name. Yep. Uh, he, he re- have to, what's that? Were you a Redskin in Central? Were you still a Redskin? No, Knights. They were the Knights then, huh? Yeah, yep. So uh, Steve Johnson um, kind of recruited me to go there, down there. <laughs> so my senior year, I ended up um, playing down there in the USHL. And probably one of the best decisions as a hockey player I ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's never easy to leave, you know, high school hockey. It's not. Sure. High school hockey is, uh, is, is your time to shine, mm-hmm. to have some fun, to be with your buddies, and just to do the things that high school kids do. Yeah. So it was it was a tough decision, but one of the best decisions I ever made to uh, to go down there and, and play in, in, in that league. And at that time, that league was kind of I mean it was it was up and running, but it wasn't it wasn't what it is. It now. was going. It was in the transition period from a hack league going up to the league it is today. One hundred percent. Because I mean, I graduated in the early eighties, and, and all our guys. That's when they had uh, you had your district or whatever that you could pick from, and uh, all our guys ended up uh, going down to play for Des Moines, uh, the Buccaneers for yeah. Ivan and Snake. If you remember those guys back in the day, <laughs> well, but um, yeah. it, it was a lot different league back then. And you got in there right, probably about the right time. Yeah, I think I think that league was exa- like I said, it was it was a transitioning point where they're going from you know just another place to play to a place to go play to try to better your 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 continuation mm-hmm. on if you had a chance or an opportunity to play further then that was the league you wanted to go play in. You know, you hear people say, oh, I would never send my kid away in high school. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is I grant, I mean, I get it. It's a very hard decision, but you also got to look at the future because the odds are if you get to go play in the USHL, odds are you're going to get yourself a college scholarship. And when you start looking four or five years down the line as a parent and you start thinking, okay, you, you weigh it, college scholarship yep. or me paying for it, yep. scholarship or me paying for it. Sometimes that's got to be a deciding factor. And like you said, if you want to keep going up in the world of hockey, it's probably the natural step to take. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard to tell people what to do. And it's so hard to make those decisions because every kid is, is, is different. Every family is different. Mm-hmm. Um, dynamics are what they are, and, and, and goals are what they are, too. If you, uh, if, you know, if your goal is to win a state championship, then stay in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. If, if you want to try and earn a college scholarship and you have an opportunity to leave to go play junior hockey, then that's the right decision. Mm-hmm. And I'll never tell anybody what, what year they should leave or when they should leave or yeah. what they should do because it's, it's, it's different on every kid. So, but I just think, yeah, it's a stepping stone, um, depending on your goals and, and your aspirations in, in your future endeavors. Because no matter what, I can honestly, you know, attest to this as much as anybody. Hockey does end. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it does. <laughs> and it does. And then you, you, you might be an assistant manager at a tire shop. Yeah, and <laughs> which it doesn't it, seem like no, it's so bad. It, it's not bad, mm-hmm. and, but you might, you know what I mean, and you might get to play thirty years professionally, like sure. some guys do. So, um, uh, just understand that uh, um, it's it, it's about everybody. It's about the decisions people want to make, and it's never anybody else's decision to make than the person that's making that decision. So. There you go. That's well put. Um, you're not the biggest dude in the world. Uh, when you went to the USHL, or were you kind of worried? I mean, you were USHL Player of the Year, I believe. Did you feel like you were going to fit in right away, or did you? was it not an issue from the day you laced up your skates first time there? I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I was young, dumb, and broke. I mean, there's a song, they say it, <laughs> young, dumb, and broke. Like, mm-hmm. That's who I was. I didn't know anything. Sure. I, I knew that I loved the game of hockey, and I knew I liked to compete, and I just competed. And fortunately, just not being very big and having maybe a bigger heart than a lot of people, mm-hmm. I, I, I made my way. And uh, I was, for, like I said, fortunate to have great coaching, uh, great teammates, and, and a great family that backed the decisions I made and stood behind me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest part is when you have a supporting staff that helps you out, it means the world. Yeah. Because if, you know, if there's any in, indecisions or anything that you're having within yourself and you have that support you feel confident doing what you're doing. And yeah. that's kind of how I was. I didn't know anything about the, like how good they were going to be, and I didn't worry about it. I just went and played. Yeah. I played for the love of the game. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, the thing is, is when you're a hockey player, it, it's so different, I think, than because I played multi-sports in high school, but hockey was the one where you always just, that's all I thought about. Even if I was on the football field or getting ready to run a uh, half mile at a track meet, I'm, for some reason it seemed like I was always thinking about hockey. You mentioned uh, playing for Steve Johnson. Uh, I'm guessing, uh, well, I know you talked to him the other day because I was in talking to you when he walked in, but uh, doing a, have you seen uh, University of Minnesota Crookston play? I have not. I went to two of their games last year. I went right away in the beginning of the year, and then I went to one of their last games of the year. And that's the thing about Steve Johnson. Now, he wasn't handed, it's not going to be like the Kraken. No. You know, he, he wasn't no. handed anything. Um, and then the point where you're trying to recruit kids and you don't even know if you're going to have a season because of the pandemic. 
I tell you what, what a turnaround from the beginning of the season until the end of the season when I saw that team play. And uh, it's like he's done everywhere yeah, else. He's going to have those guys rolling here. He's a coach. I mean, and he finds ways to make players play. And he knows skill. He knows what, mm-hmm. it, he knows what it takes. Yeah, He's been there. Um, if you talk to Steve and I talk to him, you know, you know, quite, quite often. And he's one of those guys that, uh, he's a, he's a player that quit playing too early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? It's, uh, he learned a lot about himself by doing that. And that's why he's become the coach he has Sure, just by, you know, learning from his mistakes and then helping other kids along the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, he ran our program here in Grand Forks for how many years? Question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You can finish your thought. Yeah, you know, ran our program and did everything he could with it. So, I mean, he's a, he's a hockey guy, and he's a great guy. He's a great mentor to a bunch of young kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever play at Boshensky? No, he's younger oh. than me. Oh. The mayor is a little bit younger than me. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and, you know, what do you think about that one? And, and do you ever... Look back at some of these people that just abruptly retire, and Bochensky's one of them. Um, he still had a great career going over yeah. in Europe. What do you think when these guys, they just step away? Do you, do you think uh, about that like, gosh, yeah, really? Because, I mean, I, I stepped away for diff- different reasons. I mean, I played seven years professionally, mm-hmm. and finally my body couldn't take it anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it was, and, you know, then I had, I had a son, and, and it was time for him to go to school. And, and then where do, you, where do you decipher where to put him to school? And you know, I was in mm-hmm. Euro- Europe at the time, and it's like, I, he needs a life too. Um, yeah, it does. It doesn't bother me. It just, it makes me wonder why. Yeah. I mean, why just end it? Somebody's but, but like I said, it's like anything I can say that, but I'm sure that he, I'm sure they, they have reasons too. Mm-hmm. There's reasons why you do a lot of things that you do. And maybe the love of the game was out of them and, and things like that. Who knows? I can't speak for Brandon right. by chance, but I mean, He's, he was young and yeah. he's big and yeah. and, <laughs> and they loved him <laughs> and over they there loved too. Him. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, maybe this this is his call. Maybe his calling was to move on and and, and start a new chapter. Because mm-hmm. I mean, that happens. I mean, people need to start a new chapter in their lives, and maybe in his mind, it was time to start a new chapter. Yeah, and he definitely did. Uh, oh, the yeah. mayor of Grand Forks, yeah. uh, Jeff Panzer. Uh, boy, we have got so much more to talk about with him here in just a minute. But I want to talk about the Bun Lounge, uh, their third annual uh, annual pre Sturgis party, twenty twenty one, coming up here. Wow, like next weekend, July thirtieth and thirty first. Celebrate with live music. It's all free too. Uh, food by L and M Meats. You got the burnout stage and more. And don't miss out on the best party in town. I mean, this is a blast. Go to the Bun Lounge's third annual pre Sturgis party. It's Friday, July thirtieth, and Saturday, July thirty first. You're gonna hear music Friday night from Sweet Freedom. Saturday night, the band back for more is there. The Bun Lounge, home of the world famous Shrimp Caesar, and their third annual pre Sturgis party, twenty twenty one, July thirtieth and thirty first. They're open daily until 2 a.m., 1708 Mill Road. You want to find out more about that pre-Sturgis party, give them a call, 701-772-4366. Back with Jeff Panzer. Uh, we're going to move up now, uh, fast forward a little bit. How did you end up at the University of North Dakota? Uh, I was after my second year of juniors, uh, after my first year of juniors, and the recruiting starts. And, 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 and to be honest, uh, college hockey wasn't even something I ever thought about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know if I was good enough. I didn't. I, I said young, dumb, and broke. Like, yeah. He just went and played the game. And I uh, got a few different opportunities, um, some offers to go. I went to St. Cloud on a visit. I was lined up to go to Denver. And then um, 
um, Dean Blaze uh, came, st- actually stopped at my house when I was in um, Fargo and offered me a scholarship. Wow. And they were there actually, they were on their way to go play the Gophers. Oh. And it was, uh, it was pretty informal. Yeah. <laughs> or informal. Yeah. It <laughs> comes in the basement and we kind of uh, knocked out the uh, details and, uh, next thing I knew, I was going to finish the year, my second year in um, in uh, in Fargo, and you know, hopefully make the team. And and you know, and, and there was no guarantees, mm-hmm. um, but I was uh, really excited. Uh, I had an opportunity to go back and play with my brother again. Mm-hmm. He was going to be a junior, and I was going to be a freshman. So um, obviously, being a Grand Force kid. There's only one college in the country. Yeah. I mean, there is. There's only one for us. There's only one college in the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how we are. And, and I'm guessing after that visit, it was Den who? Yeah. Saint what? <laughs> yeah. Who? Yeah. I, it, I would imagine it was all wah, wah, wah after yeah. that. And then, uh, yeah. And that's how you were born and raised. I grew up going to UND games um, with Serge Gambucci because mm-hmm. he was the radio guy. Sure. And Johnny Spicer was a really good friend of mine. And, so I got to go to a lot of games, the Hercus Circus, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. back then with Johnson and Joyce and um, all those guys. So they get that opportunity. It was a no-brainer. Um, and just I was so fortunate to be able to, to you know, live out a childhood dream to, uh, to put that jersey on and, and go play in, in front of the best fans in college hockey. Oh, by, by far. There's, yeah. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't care who you are and I don't care who's listening. And if you're a different fan mm-hmm. you're 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 sadly mistaken yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> there is no better following there's no better people yeah wait than, till nashville yeah there is no better people than the the university of north dakota f- uh fans when it comes out and I, I, I it's football it's basketball mm-hmm. it's hockey hockey for sure sticks out a little bit yeah. just because it it is my sport mm-hmm. right <laughs> and, right and i'm gonna be a little bit partial to that sport yeah. but but i mean they are just great mm-hmm. they, they support they're fully behind you um and it uh, like i said childhood dream come true and and they know hockey yeah, they, they. You see a lot of hockey fans. They think they're hockey fans. They have no clue how the game's played. Oh, one hundred percent. These guys. I mean, they 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 make calls from the stands yeah. that the refs <laughs> miss, and that probably us players on the ice miss. We didn't see it. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like in there, yeah, they are. Uh, they they are true into what they believe and true into what they see, and and they, and they know a lot about the game. You know, you said uh, you never even had thought about playing college hockey. You didn't know if you were good enough. Now, I believe your first knee, your first season, uh, I believe in 97, 98, yep. all-rookie team. Yep. Uh, not bad for a first year. <laughs> in fact, uh, I'm just going to read over some of this. Um, let see, 97, 98, all-rookie team. Uh, I don't know when you got uh, 95, 96, forward of the year. I was in the USHL. Okay, oh, yeah, USHL, uh, forward of the year. Then you ended up on the all-rookie team, 97, 98, uh, you guys won the title, 98-99. Uh, you were on the WCHA All-Tournament Team, second All-Star Team, uh, 99 and 2000, Hobie Baker Award finalist. Uh, won the national championship, WCHA champions. Uh, let's see, you were the NCAA WCHA first All-Star Team, the NCAA West first All-Star Team. Your last year, All-Tournament Team. Uh, NCAA and WCHA uh, first all-star team the WCHA player of the year NCAA All-American Hobie Baker finalist you pretty much got them all uh, listed don't you 
Uh, not a lot I missed on there, did I? <laughs> no. Pretty good from a young kid out of Riverside Park to just, just uh, you know, follow his gut and follow his heart. And, 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 and I, I say it every day. Um, I was blessed and, and I was fortunate. I, like I said, great coaching, great players, great family. And I, uh, I, was, I was lucky enough. I mean, now you say all those words, I forgot about some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and not to say that it, it doesn't mean a lot to me, because mm-hmm. it, it does. Um, um, but like I said, uh, just playing a game that I just, I loved. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. And Your, your senior year, um, Hobie Baker finalist, who won the Hobie that year? Ryan Miller. Oh, okay. Well, it's not like you lost to I some schlep. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was thinking, especially when he just retired here. Yeah. And I and I was thinking about that because, you know, I mean, that was, I mean, I had a heck of a year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I had an opportunity to leave after my junior year. Um, after we won it, um, I had an opportunity to, to leave and go play pro. And uh, one of my goals was to come back and try to win that award mm-hmm. and try to win another national champion because it hadn't been done forever mm-hmm. to go back to back sure so there's i mean there was reason to come back and and yeah I, I hear it a lot that you know i should have won it, i should have won it well losing to a guy like ryan miller hey i'll, yeah. ta- I'll take that every day all day all day every mm-hmm. day and, and i'll be fine with that um great obviously a great man uh great career uh did great things for hockey and is still doing great things mm-hmm. for hockey so yeah you can you can sleep better at night knowing that you lost to somebody like yeah, that right <laughs> um it, when it came, comes to that, I, I've been in your office before at work. Um, you've got a couple of UND things on the wall, but you're not the kind of guy that introduces himself as, uh, hi, I'm Jeff Panzer. Uh, yeah, I was an All-American hockey player. I, I did all this and that. You don't really talk about it that much, do you? I, I, I don't. Um, I, I just think that um, it's kind of one of those things in my life that um, – it was a great. Uh, it was a, it was a great time. I mean, when we get together, we talk about it more as a group than than, than talking about it by myself. Um, and I'll tell everybody now. It's time for my boys. They can. I'll, I'll talk about them all day long. Hmm, you sure. sit there, I can and sit we're going to get to that. Yeah, I know. I could sit and spend time talking about a twelve-year-old and a seventeen-year-old day mm-hmm. long about hockey. But for me, it was a, like I said, it was a chapter, and in, I I wouldn't change it for anything. But uh, one of those things that uh, I just, I'm a normal Joe guy now. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm a dad and I'm a husband and, and I'm a worker. And you look good with that hat on, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to support the hat too. <laughs> um, did the Blues have your rights? No, I was, I was. Uh, oh, you were not, a free agent. I was not drafted. Okay, I, d- I did not know that. Um, I'm nobody, to, hey, nobody drafts a 145-pound kid out of well, UND. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, having a Ryan Duncan, it's happened to numerous oh, people. Oh, yeah, and it was, the best, it, 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 it was the best thing that happened. Sure it is. And now you got people fighting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, did you end up in the Blues organization? Is that where it started? Yep, yep. I signed with St. Louis after my senior year. Um, I had some. I played a few exhibition games. I actually got to play in the new... Yeah, you were in the Ralph here, because I remember... In, in the new Ralph. Um, but I played mainly in their... Um, AHL, which would be if for who, people that don't know the AHL, it is equivalent to AAA baseball. Yeah, it's, it's the one it's step under. You're like, getting called up and back yeah, and forth. It's it, 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 it's one opportunity away from making it mm-hmm. to making it. And at that time, um, you know, a, a young, a small guy like myself, it was tar- it was tough. Then all of a sudden, so I was there for three years with uh, Worcester out in uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, my third, my, it had been my fourth year. 
it was a lockout year. Mm, yep. And that's when all the rules changed. Yep. That's when little guys could actually play the game mm-hmm. without getting mugged. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. Right. And, and, and killed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and that year, um, the year of the lockout, um, through the su- the summer before that, my rights are I had to go. Th- I had to pass through waivers, and Columbus actually picked me up on waivers, so I went in- into Syracuse, New York, and I played a year with the uh, with their, which would have been Columbus, mm-hmm. the Blue Jackets organization. So the lockout year, I played there, and then after that, we moved on. You know, the, the difference between AHL and the NHL, it's it's not that big of a difference. But um, I would imagine when it comes to travel, how did you guys travel? Did you fly in the NHL or right. did you mainly bus bu- most of the time? Mainly busing. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a couple of flights because uh, you got Houston in there. You got mm-hmm. San Antonio. You got those flights that you take. Everything else, you <laughs> yeah. you, you were eight hours, six hours, four hours, three oh, yeah. hours. You spent a lot of time in the bus. Sure. Yeah, a lot of, uh, back then it was a lot of cribbage. Lot oh, yeah. Of, lot, you had a lot of sitting in the buses and, and doing things like that. Um, Europe. How did that ever happen? Tell us about your your stint in Europe because you played actually in a couple of different countries, I believe. Yep. So I was uh, actually I was up in um, so uh, after my four years, um, the, my last year with Syracuse, I ended up uh, taking a tryout up in uh, Winnipeg um, with the Manitoba, Manitoba Moose mm-hmm. in their um, their AHL team. And I was up there, and uh, my agent called me and said, "There, you have a uh, offer to go over to Switzerland for three months. So this is October. Um, he said, you can go right now, and they'll guarantee you a contract till December. And <laughs> I knew the money. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I, I knew the logistics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I left the camp and told the coaches, thanks for the opportunity. Came down, grabbed my wife. And at that time, he must have been my my oldest. Now must have been about two years old, and told him that we have a flight in three days. We're gonna head. We're going to Switzerland, and that's how it went. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, and so for one time, you got to be the boss. I didn't have a choice, <laughs> yeah. and she. So we we uh, I think we took ten hockey bags. Mm-hmm. That was our luggage. Yep, and everything that we owned that we were going to move into apartment with. We flew over to Switzerland. I was there through December. And they extended my contract through the rest of the year. So I ended up staying and playing that first year in Switzerland. How was it in Switzerland? Awesome. I, I've been a few places in Europe, but I haven't got to see Switzerland. But Beautiful. I know a lot of people that have been there. I mean, I would imagine that was just nothing but fun. Beautiful. I mean, you're right. I, I, I could look out my balcony and mountains and this and that. And, but temperature was mild mm-hmm. at worst mm-hmm. um i was in the you know not like a north dakota no, winter no 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 we're the 40s 30s and you know 60s at days but right outside your windows you're looking at the uh uh oh, the swiss alps the swiss and, alps yeah. and everything else and it was awesome it was it's an it's an awesome country um where else did you play in europe and um after that year i signed a one-year deal in dusseldorf germany okay um another great country I mean, a lot of... A lot been of, to Germany. That's a pretty cool place. A lot of history in Germany, mm-hmm. um, especially us here, you know, um, Berlin we were in, and you saw the wall and all that good stuff. So I was there for one year, and then I re-signed at the end of my first year, and I played one more year with Dusseldorf there. When did you decide uh, enough is enough for Jeff Panzer? When I cracked my forehead open. And oh! When I fractured my skull, and my broke my nose, and... <laughs> 
everything. That'll do it. That, uh, that was enough. What happened? Uh, chasing a puck down, and um, a guy went for the puck. I went for the puck. He got my skates, and I ate the dasher. Oh, boy. And that was enough. Yeah? How many stitches? Uh, no stitches. Oh, okay. It just caved in my face. Oh, jeepers. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and then they want to do a bunch of surgery on me, and I said, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. Jeez, that's a typical hockey player yeah. saying that. Yeah. Ah, just put a Band-Aid yeah. on it. Let me we're get good. my ass back out yeah, there. Yeah, we're good. And then you decided to hang up. What was next for Jeff Panzer when you said, uh, you know what, I'm done playing hockey? I was. Uh, we were in, in the summers as this whole seven-year period is going mm-hmm. on. I was in um, Devil's Lake. I'd summered in Devil's Lake at a camper at Woodland Resort. Mm-hmm. And uh, just throughout the summers and stuff i had ended up talking to um a guy that was looking to sell a uh power sports dealership Mm -hmm. and so i decided when i was done that i was gonna buy that got a question from heather in devil's lake she says uh does jeff miss the devil's lake area i miss everybody in in devil's lake Mm -hmm. and Um, it was uh it's a great community um they took me in um, as a family, and, and they welcomed us in and, and, and treated us like their own. So, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was an awesome time. I got to raise my boys there. Uh, they grew up there. I mean, that's what they. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you know a lot of their memories are Devils Lake stuff. Sure, and they have good friends that are still there. Um, but yeah, it's a great community. You know, that is a tough business to get into. Oh yeah. Um, how was that? Uh, when you don't get snow, snow uh, selling snowmobiles yeah. is tough. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. So, but there you go again. Me being me, mm-hmm. I was going to take an opportunity. And, sure. And, and to me, it was a it was a test. And I just realized that at the end of the day, I needed more than what that could give me. So that's kind of that stint in my life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't know if, unless you try, right? Well, yeah, I wouldn't have known if I could have done it if I didn't try it. And I tried it, and then it obviously didn't work out the best. But I, I can take a lot of what I learned there. Like I said, a lot of good friends, a lot of good memories, a lot of great people that I still uh, am in contact with. Today. Sure. Um, you're back in Grand Forks now, um, East Grand Forks. or East Grand Forks. Sorry about that. Yeah. It, you don't want to get to some you of know, you. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rural East Grand Forks. So yeah, come on. I know I'm a fake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, uh, when I moved here, you know, I'm a, I'm a prowler alum, Thief River Falls. Oh yeah. And, uh, East side used to be like our biggest enemy. Oh yeah. And we called them potato heads. That's what we always called them back in the seventies and eighties, yeah. a bunch of potato heads and East greasers and yeah, all oh, that. Yeah, and, the greasers. Yeah. And, and I remember, uh, some of my East Grand Forks, uh, friends, this is when my son was playing on the Supras. And so we had a couple of East side, uh, people there and, and, I was calling him an East Greaser, and he says, hey, you're an East Greaser now. And yeah. I said, no, I'm rural East Greece. That's a big difference. But now your kids, growing up, have you been coaching them as they were younger, moving yeah. up in age? Yeah, I've, I coached Jackson, my oldest, through Bantams. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I kind of, in my mind, uh, at the peewee level, I wanted to get him through peewees and then turn them off. Mm-hmm. Jackson didn't have a choice. Um, uh, I just uh, took that job on and, and helped with that. And now I'm back coaching my 12-year-old mm-hmm. um, since he was... I mean, I coached them both since they started skating. Yeah. Um, how cool is it to watch these kids grasp the game and learn and, and get the skills? Frustrating. Frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, I suppose not. You know, you know. Yeah, if you go back and, you know, I, I remember my ending my career and it was how easy the game was. And to see these kids struggle with this mm-hmm. stuff, it's rewarding as can be when you can help them. 
but it is it is frustrating because uh, you you got to learn patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to learn a lot about even you know keep, even the difference in coaching my oldest to my youngest how they are as individuals and how that that age group is different than how they were. I could I mean my oldest I could be pretty hard on younger one he doesn't like that so much. Sure, and that's I, I think it's generations. I think it's um, different age group of kids and and uh, and things like that. So. Um, but it is so rewarding. It's so fun um, to watch these kids, like you said, make their steps mm-hmm. to continually get better. And and at the end of the day, it's it's so rewarding for you to be able to be to know that you're some part of that. Right. Um, things are a lot different uh, than you were growing up or when I was growing up. <clears throat> now there's hockey 365 days a year. Um, the way it sounds to me, 720, it feels like, well, yeah, yeah, but you didn't do the summer hockey thing. Um, it wasn't really available when I was that age, but what do you think of this? Um, kids now that can play hockey year round. It's such a hard, it's a loaded, that's to me, that's a loaded question Mm -hmm. because it's again, it's, it's an individual and it's a family decision. Mm -hmm. Um, like my oldest, that's this, his goal is to get drafted Number sure. in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he dreams about. That's what he thinks about. That's what he talks about. And that's what he trains for. Mm-hmm. Um, every kid's not like that. Um, so I think multi, multi-sport kids are great, I think. Uh, but uh, for some kids, that was that uh, for my kid, that's not him. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I would say every kid needs a break at some point. Yeah. Um, I would say... If you don't get a break, you're going to lose that hunger. You're going to lose that desire. Don't want to burn you're, out. You're, yeah, you're going to lose that fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and that, that might be and that might be just going to the lake and spending some time and just getting away, or that might be going uh, whatever that time is mm-hmm. that you do. I think it's good for everybody that that you got to recharge the batteries. Yeah, I mean, nothing you, runs forever. We, no, we know that in cars, we know that in motorcycles and mm-hmm. and, and race cars, and the batteries need to be charged. Yeah. And taking that little break, I think, will give those kids a little bit of recharging. Right. Even the NHL guys, um, they need a break. At the um, end of the uh, year, they're shot. Yeah. A good friend of mine uh, had gone far in the playoffs in the NHL, and he, and he came home uh, to help run a hockey camp in the summer. And, and I remember seeing him. I hadn't seen him in about a year, and I couldn't believe how I thought he had aged. He looked beat up. Yep. He looked skinny. Yep. Um, but it's funny because we used to golf a lot. And so he's, you know, this is what they call their off month. He's just taking a month off. So I call him up. I said, what time do you want a tea time? He says, well, today's my off day. So I'm just going to take a quick bike ride. And I go, well, how long is it going to take? He goes, I'm only going like 45 miles. So it shouldn't take me very long. And I'm thinking that's your off day. You're going to go bike 45 miles and that's an off day. Yeah. I mean, and and that's, and that's kind of where it's gotten to be, Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you can't, it's, it's hard to take time off because if you're not training and if these kids aren't training and, and, and working on getting better, somebody else is. Right, I mean, right. It's, it's gotten to be way more competitive, I, would, I guess I would say, more than anything. Your boy, your oldest boy, uh, did you say senior or junior this year? He'll be a junior. Okay, uh, uh, does he got anybody looking at him yet? Um, he committed to UND. Oh, that's right, I knew that. And he's drafted by Sioux Falls in the USHL. Okay, so he'll be eligible for the draft not for a while yet. Um I believe next year. Okay. The NHL draft. I believe next year. I'm I'm so uh, the dates and everything changed right. for me. Yeah. Um I think it's kind of for me and for everything that I do, it's day to day, month to month. 
Um, he's actually just getting fired up. He's got to be down in Sioux Falls for their 40-man main camp, um, which starts Monday. Okay, so he's is he going to be pretty much done with high school then? Um, Not hard to say I, I right now. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's an opportunity for him to go to see where he stands, sure, where he fits in. Um, he uh, he's he's a dedicated young man who's working hard to try to make the next step. So he's going to go down and give it a shot and see where he lines up. And uh, if he makes a team, then we're going to have some other decisions to make. Sure, moving forward. <laughs> sure. And and do you let him make this decision? Yeah, I. These are decisions that solely are on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, how's how's the missus feel about this? And she's the same way. Yep. Um, we're yeah, we've got to the point where uh, I, there's a point where he has to make some decisions. I don't want to be that person that mm-hmm. tells him what I did was the right way to do things. Sure. Yeah, he needs to make some decisions on what he wants to do and how he wants to. I don't want him to come back and say, well, you made me do this or you, this was what you said. Oh, no, these are on you, buddy. But I support him 110%. You know, it's funny. Um, I was interviewing a high school hockey coach a couple of years ago, and he put this to me, put it uh, to me this way. Uh, I said, um, how are the guys doing? Because the high school age is a, is a, is a thickly age, you know, you never know. And, and he said it to me perfect. He goes, you know what? He goes, sometimes these guys are, they act like they're 20 year old men. Sometimes they act like they're 11 year old kids. 100%. And, and these are high schoolers. Now, what kind of, uh, your kid got a pretty good head on his shoulders. Yeah, he's getting there. Like I, I have him working for me mm-hmm. and this is like how I'm, I'm kind of, I'm judging where he's at. Last year, he was that kid that. He could spend way more time on his phone than trying to get the job done at work. Well, now when he comes to work, he actually gets the work done. Mm-hmm. So he's starting to figure it out. And I think they all figure it out at a different time. Um, I'm trying to give him some, you know, give him some lenience on figuring stuff out sure. and how to do things. But yeah, he, uh, he's getting there daily, I guess. You know, no matter how hard it is as a parent, sometimes it's better to watch them fail the first time and learn the hard way. Yep. No matter how hard it is for a dad to do, but uh, sometimes that's the best thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You can only protect them so long. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they have to make decisions, and if that decision is not the right decision and it doesn't work, they're going to have to figure out how, what they're going to do to change it for the next time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. So now with two boys, I'm, I'm sure maybe you had this pressure too growing up with your brother, a couple of years older, but... Um, is there ever a comparison? It was there for you, and is there with your boys? And how was that for you? Because um, I mean, you were good. You yeah, know, we, I, I I don't know if we were compared, mm-hmm. um, but we're just. It's like anything. They're they're both different players. We, me and my brother, were both different players. I mean, one's you know five foot ten, um, one hundred and eighty pounds almost now. And the other one is like me. He's smaller, mm-hmm. thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have g- great things about their game differences. So I don't think it's it's hard to do that to compare. I think that each individual has to, uh, you know, be their own person, just like me and my brother were. We were different. We were both pretty good, mm-hmm. but we had differences in our game. I could skate a little better than him. He could shoot better than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, that's that's kind of how I that's kind of how I do uh, judge my boys too. Sure, one of them does things a little better than the other one on certain things, and the other one does certain things. Mm-hmm. I try not to compare them. No, you can't. I, I, I did for a while, and it did no, it did me yeah. no good. And, and, it, and, and it, it's it, not fair, right? And and it's something as a dad, you really can't help doing. No. at first, no, you can't. Like I remember saying to like my youngest, well, when Jackson was your age, he did this, blah, blah you know, or when Jackson was your age, I know he was doing this, and 
that's doesn't that's not the way to do it and i learned pretty quickly that that it didn't work for him it didn't work for me because then i'm frustrated Mm -hmm. it make you know i'm wondering if i'm doing my job with the youngest as good as i did it with the oldest and you start beating yourself up with stuff like that so i just let them be their own individuals and uh kind of move on they're gonna figure out as they go got a text from uh jared lundaby it says uh i remember that you always wanted jeff and your team down at riverside park also i hated playing against you <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm guessing that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, I just like I said, I I love the game and love to compete, and I'm sure I was not the easiest to play against. I'm sure I ran my mouth. I'm sure I did some things I probably am not the, the proudest of. That's but what that's, hockey players do. That's what we are. Yeah. Um, I got one more question for you, and I kind of wrap up a lot of interviews this way, Jeff. Um, how do you want to be remembered as a player, a coach, a dad? A husband. How does Jeff Panzer want to be remembered when this is all said and done? I just wanted, I think, to be uh, to be remembered as a person who truly cared about individuals, um, gave an honest day's hard work, and uh, and wanted nothing but the best for my family. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I would like to be remembered. Um, very humble, um, very proud. But humble. Sure. Um, and now you got something new to be proud about, too. I mean, yeah, with the kids growing yeah. up. Yeah. And, uh, but never be, never be arrogant. And just, like I said, being honest, be just to be remembered as honest, hardworking, and a good person. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, don't forget, if uh, you and the boy want to go catfishing, you know how to get a hold oh, of me, I'm right? going to show you some pictures here. Okay. All right. Well, we'll... We'll do that here in a minute. Uh, Again, thank you, Jeff Panzer. Uh, Short notice, but he made it in, and now you know why I love talking about hockey. Wow. Hey, special thanks going out to Probita's Promotions. If you want to boost your brand, you want your business to stand out from the crowd, look no further than Probita's Promotions. They'll consult with you at no cost to find the perfect swag for your business. Logo apparel, hats, promotional products, trade show displays, and awards. Probitas is the region's top provider for free online stores. And now, listen to this, Probitas offers free shipping. Any item, any size order, you get free ground shipping to one location. They've got stores in Grand Forks, Fargo, Bismarck, and Minot. And yeah, you can get the perfect apparel, team spirit wear, and more. And all with free shipping. What a deal. Probitas promotions. Call 1-866-PRO-SWAG or shop ProBitasPromo.com. You can boost your brand and stand out from the crowd with Probitas promotions. Tomorrow, Dirty Thursday with the Bullring Boys. We're talking sprint car racing and more with Jordan Adams. It's going to be another awesome one. Hopefully, the other half of the Bullring Boys will get to get off work tomorrow. I'll get them. All right. Hey, make sure you like, share, tag, and follow us, and hit that notification bell on your smartphone, too. We all know Grand Forks and East Grand Forks is a great place. Well, Grand Forks' best source is giving it an identity again.